Broadcasting live from the command tower on the plane of Commander Collection Green. This is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham. Joining me as always is Nelson. Hi there. And Cameron. Hello. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about Commander Collection Green and what few cards we know about Zendikar Rising, all two of them. And also this new draft thing. I hear it's pretty supreme. Before we get into that, we want to remind you that this show is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Do check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR. We, uh, you know, we bang on this drum a lot, but we really like those folks and they do great work and excellent customer service. And so that's why we like to continue working with them. So do check out cardkingdom.com. Tell them Loading Ready Run sent me button, please. And they'll give you a little one inch button, which currently says putting the woo in Wooberg. And of course, this show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. And we thank you for it. So there's a new draft kind of thing that's on Magic Online that I've not tried yet. I didn't even realize that it was out. I read the announcement, but I didn't realize that the announcement was like a go do it right today kind of thing. And it's uh, pretty interesting. Are you, Have you two heard of this i have not actually this is the first time hearing of it i have heard of it i read the introduction article so it's it's called the supreme draft it's basically like a a new kind of way to do a chaos draft and you don't have to worry about like it's, it sounds great for me because you don't have to worry about all the stuff in draft that i'm bad at like signaling or worrying about what's gonna wheel it's true they hearthstoned it. Yeah, you you. That's a great comparison point, actually. Yeah, it is very similar to the Hearthstone. Was it called the Arena? It's called Arena. Yeah, Arena mode. Yeah, that's really funny. Not confusing at all. Yeah. No. So you join the Supreme Draft League, just like any other draft league, and then you draft solo. So as soon as you join the league, you just start drafting because you're not drafting with anybody else, and you get shown a full pack of cards. So it's like here's a pack of cards. You make two picks. You go, I want this card and this card. And then Magic Online goes, great. Now I'm going to take the other 13 cards, throw them into the sun. You'll never see them again. Here's another pack of cards. And from that, you take two picks. And so you look at 18 packs. You draft 36 cards out of 18 packs. And then you build a 40-card deck. And then you play against other people in the league who have also drafted cards in this fashion. Intriguing. Yeah. It's... uh. It's interesting. I'm a little disappointed they went with Supreme Draft rather than the original working title, Capitalism Draft. Resource Destruction Draft. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's fine when they're digital. It'd be a big yeah. waste of packs in person, surely. Yeah. I imagine some stores, like eventually, or some you know players... I mean, this is great for at home. Like, if you just wanted to buy two boxes anyway, this is a great way to just be like, I just need to open two boxes. I'm a constructed player. But let's do one, one match at home of draft, right? And it's like a gigantic Winston... So it's it's cool for that. I like the idea, though, of like Friday night draft. OK, everyone bring your three hundred dollars and um, we're going to do two rounds of Supreme draft. And yeah, then at the end, we're all we're all going to throw out like 10,000 cars just directly into the garbage. I can't promise this is not something we would never want to do on the Friday night paper fight. This does seem like our <laughs> our brand of malarkey. Let me know in the comments if you understood that last sentence. I got lost on the second negative. But I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to parsing it later. I can't not <laughs> never d d disprove the possibility that we wouldn't not enjoy anti-doing this. 
not avoiding doing this. I can see us do th- doing this in in paper is my point. Ah, uh, okay. It would be very expensive. But I'm, it yeah. seems like a bunch of bunch of nonsense. At time of recording, James is having a staycation, but it absolutely seems like the kind of thing that he would have like posted in the the LRR Slack. Be like, let's do this on Friday, right? Yeah. <laughs> Open many packs. So there's some interesting notes in the announcement article. Uh, so there's this note here that I like. A few pieces of advice. Since every pack gives you a first pick and a second pick, it's very tempting to just take the rares out of every pack. And you can do that. You probably shouldn't. They say <laughs> early testing shows that after a certain point, eight or ten that we think, decks with fewer rares tend to perform better than decks with more. Don't pass bombs, but, you know, don't just rare draft. And that makes a lot of sense because... You know, there's a lot of, I mean, there are rares that are obviously huge bombs in draft, but there are other rares that are just kind of like on color and the mm. utility in limited decks tend to come from the commons and uncommons. So I can definitely see that being a problem that you end up with a pile of rares that doesn't actually do anything. That is troubling. Yeah. Yeah. I would say not just like flexibility or utility, but even like the sheer power of the cards, they do spread it across the rarities like... You know, sometimes it seems like that's not what's going on when you you look at a constructed deck and it has like 48 rares and mythics or whatever. But there's plenty of examples and, you know, some sets it's more obvious, obvious than others. They've talked about how there's a couple different ways that they've looked at to sort of use Supreme Draft, either as a Chaos Draft, which I mentioned, or as a single set, which seems like you'd end up with some amazing synergies mm-hmm. or a small cluster of thematically linked sets sort of like a block draft and the, in fact the one that they've launched with they're calling it the ravnix travaganza <laughs> and it's ravnica city of guilds guild pack dissension return to ravnica gate crash dragon's maze guilds of ravnica and ravnica allegiance so every set that, from ravnica except war of the spark i want to say i'm like so here for this and that sounds great but at the same time a lot of my love of drafting Ravnica is like, you know, including the bottom picks from the packs. So, yeah, I don't know. I definitely I'm curious about that. Like the fact that they're presenting it in these like, you know, wider world views. It's like you do a draft environment, but it includes like lots and lots of the the hits from all of the Ravnica sets. That's exciting. Well, if you don't want to do that, then that's only until September 2nd, which is going to be I mean, you're not going to have much after you hear this podcast <laughs> to, to be getting in on that. But then the next one for the following week is just Modern Horizons. Oh, cool. Okay. All right. That's exciting. Yeah, that seems like it would be very high powered. Do you know how many tickets it, it, it costs to get it? And sorry, I have another question. Since it's this is a mostly digital format, uh, right now it's only available on Magic Online, I believe. That yep. they could. You'd think they could bring it to Arena, no problem, too, but... So far, it's only on Magic Online or, I guess, in person. Do you know what the price is to get into this queue? Yeah, for Magic Online, it's 10 tickets or 100 play points. They are phantom events. I was just going to say, so that's a phantom event price. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. So none of these cards were real to begin with, obviously. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Okay, I mean, it sounds fun. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, different. Interesting. Modern Horizons in this format is just... I'm going to finally be able to, well, not finally be able to, but like consistently draft Storm. Ooh. Yeah. I like the idea that this this format says, hey, did you, yeah, you know, did you miss 
getting to play enough of you know your your favorite format or miss getting to draft like you know the spider spawnings and the 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 mono black haste aggro of zendikar or the you know whatever the niche deck was that you're hoping to do you're pretty much guaranteed as you say to be able to do it right like you can just get into the all innistrad supreme draft queue and just play simic you know infinite spider spawning mirrors for days so that's cool and also like even if you're just kind of new to draft and you don't quite know what a good limited deck looks like you'd think that this would be a cool example to be like okay well here's the like god tier this isn't going to happen but if it could this is what a really good limited deck looks like yeah like you you know sometimes you have those draft decks or those draft formats where you're like if i could just build this draft deck but the good version of it that would be very exciting like to get back to the don't play all the rares or don't pick all the rares point you know your first time through one of these things say you're just doing 18 packs of core 21 you know you might be tempted to grab all the big splashy six drops and then you go to build your deck are like oh right i don't actually even want the fifth one of these and i grabbed eight or something you know maybe i can play four but i need to have a curve and so being in such a rich environment of like potential picks can kind of help you focus on that for the future of your gaming. So I hope so. some people get uh, some good learning out of it. Also this past week, we found out the full list and indeed all the cool art as well for everything that was going to be in Commander Collection Green. Now we've talked about this previously on the podcast, but it was some time ago. And this is basically in a similar sort of vein to the Signature Spellbook product. This is a pack of eight cards, uh, reprints that might have new art. In this case, I believe they all have new art. And this one is commander focused and in fact is all green cards or at least cards that are good in green focused decks in commander. Generally seems like a fine idea for a product. Up until now, the only thing we knew was some art art that featured Yisan, and it looked as if Yisan, the Wanderer Bard, was summoning some things. We were thinking maybe that would be Chord of Calling. Turns out it's actually Worldly Tutor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is pretty sweet. Single green instant. Search your library for a creature. Reveal it. Shuffle your library. Put that card on top. And uh, I'll just quickly run through the rest of the cards in the pack here. We've got Freilis Lanwar's Fury, Omnath Locus of Mana, Bane of Progress, Seedborn Muse, Sylvan Library, Worldly Tutor, Sol Ring, and Command Tower. Now, I think some people were a little, maybe a little critical of Sol Ring, being as it's also printed in, you know, every commander deck, pre -con like every pre-constructed commander deck that they've actually printed. But I mean, to me, anyway, it makes sense as, you know, it's a it's green, it's ramp, whatever. I think Command Tower is maybe the one that's like, eh, you you couldn't have, you couldn't have added one more green card in there. Yeah, I mean, this is handy for people who I guess aren't picking up the Commander sets, right? Mm -hmm. Finally getting a Command Tower, finally getting a Soul Ring. If none of the previous Commander sets have appealed to you, sure, why not? And I suppose these are things that like dedicated Commander players run low on. Yeah, like from a shopkeep perspective, honestly, especially including Soul Ring and including Command Tower, this just seems like a windmill slam. Like Ed has to be so happy about this list of cards coming in like an individual pack. He can sell slash break open and sell for singles as well. I, I think 
I've seen, you know, multiple commander decks that feature all eight of these cards, obviously like many commander decks that feature four or five of them. And, you know, Sol Ring and Command Tower, like they just still hold their value. Like they fetch a high price because both cards are in almost every deck. And even though you get one in your commander precon, it's like people tend to have more decks, more commander decks than commander precons they've bought. Right. Mm-hmm. And have to have to go out of their way and buy soul rings like that happens. So I, I think it's great. Yes, it's less flavorful, though. I, I don't want to argue that it's certainly not as exciting. But, you know, from a like new art, new new reprints, exciting. It's not very exciting that that way. But as a as a bundle of cards, you know, those two, the non green cards are going to certainly help the price tag make sense, whatever it is. All right. Fair enough. That, that makes a lot of sense. What do you think is the most sort of maybe surprising or exciting reprint of this group? Bane of Progress. So that's four green green for a 2-2 elemental. When it enters the battlefield, destroy all artifacts and enchantments and put a plus one plus one counter on Bane of Progress for each permanent destroyed this way. Yeah, I just think it's a little bit outside. Like, I don't know if it's super popular in green commander decks. Like, it's very powerful. I've even played it in, in Canadian Highlander a bunch. But it doesn't seem as iconic as all the other cards here i would say mm. i guess huh i see i'm i was looking up where did this card come from originally and it's from commander it's only been printed i mean two and a half other times it was printed originally in commander 2013 then again in 2015 and then it was in the commander anthology which is why i'm like yeah there's a half time there i suppose that's cool i didn't even realize it was in 2015 so i thought this was just a second reprint besides anthology yeah that commander anthology definitely was only half a printing that thing was expensive and not a lot of people Mm. could pick it up or or wanted to or needed to right but yeah i don't know i think this set looks really cool uh i hope it's not crazy expensive if it if it's somewhat similar to the price of signature spellbook jace that would be amazing i suspect it's gonna be more expensive I saw somewhere that it was like $19 American. Oh, perfect. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, if Walmart is selling it for 20 bucks, that is like fantastic. If you've been even wanting like two of these cards, suddenly you get six cards for free or something. I mean, $20 American, like, I don't know. I haven't checked the price on cards lately at all, but Sylvan Library has like, I have sold one for like $50 Canadian before. It's it's gone through, but that's an interesting card for for its price history. But certainly, like a really sought after card, and then obviously a bunch of other windmill slams for commander decks. So, getting all eight of these for twenty bucks is fantastic, in my opinion. Now, contrary to the signature spell books, the way that those operate is there's the eight cards that are set, and then you will have one additional card that is one of those eight in foil. And the way that they're doing it for the commander collection, I just went to double check is there's actually just two options. There's a regular and foil edition. And the regular edition is for all Wizards Play Network stores, and the foil edition is only available to premium stores. But they're all LGS only. Right. So that's fantastic, as opposed to the doing it through the uh, Wizard store. It's nice to see them sharing the love with the LGS. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. This comes out in... December. Wow, that seems <laughs> so long from now, and yet by the time we get there, it probably won't be. Yeah, I know, right? Like I saw this and thought, wow, that's like seven months away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Oh god. Like December is it's seven months after March, right? So seven seven months checks out. Eight months? Yeah. It's nine months after March, isn't it? It's nine months after March, yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> 
All right, so we've decided it's officially May. End of August, first day of September. You get to be in May now. We did the math. Time soup is what, uh, I, I don't know who coined the term exactly, but I saw it on John Oliver last night. Good. <laughs> That's I like good, that. yeah. I like, yeah, I like there being a term to describe how, like, you know, we don't feel time passing, and yet we do, but in a different way now, right? Like, it sort of catches us differently, and in, in some ways, it feels like no time has passed, but obviously it has. Anyways, I like time soup. I'm on, I'm on board. Well, let's wade our way through the time soup to Zendikar Rising. We've yep. had two preview cards from it. It doesn't Zendikar Rising isn't out until mid September, which is next month, and that's only a couple weeks away. Just a few minutes from now, yeah. Just, just to ground us all and where where we are in the soup. <laughs> And so, yeah, they've spoiled uh, two planeswalkers, and uh, they're pretty cool. So let's let's talk about them. First up is Jace Mirror Mage. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Cunning Castaway started playing around with illusion tokens, and now Jace is like, "Wait, check this out! I can do it with me." Hmm. So it's one blue blue for a four loyalty planeswalker, which is already pretty sweet and you know what i'll just read the normal planeswalker stuff first so it's one blue blue four loyalty plus one scry two zero draw a card and reveal it remove a number of loyalty counters equal to that card's converted mana cost from jace mirror mage so that middle ability is like a weird dark confidant that only hurts the planeswalker it's curious that it's not damage being dealt to the planeswalker. I guess they didn't want it to be um, able to be amplified or anything like that, or count as damage mark for various reasons. But yeah, that yeah, makes sense. But it feels the exact same, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Chase Bob's for you. Yeah, yeah. Or or Sarka and the Mad also had like kind of this, this similar sort of ability. And uh, Soren, but Soren did it wrong. Right, yeah. Soren gains you life. Yeah, the six yeah. mana Soren. Yeah. But then Jace has this other ability, Kicker. Jace has Kicker, which is pretty pretty wild. It's new. It's new, yeah. Yeah. Was Kicker, was the original Zendikar the first printing of Kicker as a no. mechanic? No, not at all. Kicker goes invasion. invasion? Oh, yeah. no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Zendikar block, original Zendikar block was multi-Kicker. Yes. Uh, World Wake is the first printing of multi-Kicker. Okay, that's where I was conflating that, yeah. yeah. Of course Kicker's been around for a long time. Anyway, so Kicker 2. So that would make Jace cost three blue blue. When Jace enters the battlefield, if Jace was kicked, haha, create a token that is a copy of Jace, except it is not legendary and its starting loyalty is one. So you can play Jace for five mana. You get two Jaces, one at four loyalty and one at one loyalty. So you could use the one loyalty Jace to immediately plus to two loyalty and scry two, and then use the bigger jace to draw a card that you know wouldn't kill it or you can just immediately cash in the one loyalty little one to draw any card and if it's not a land that jace dies but you've got a card for just two extra mana on this planeswalker you're already playing that maybe you just also draw another card off of the the lines of play just from in a complete vacuum of like what you do after you play this kicked, it, it seems like there's a l- massive decision tree just built in right there. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I like it a lot too. And yet weirdly, all you're doing is drawing cards. You're just scrying, which is kind of like half of drawing a card and then you're drawing cards. But but I totally agree. Like 
there's a bunch of permutations of how you're going to do this, depending on where you want your loyalty and how much you need more cards or whether you need just more cards or the right more card, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, looking forward to that. I think this card's looks, it looks to be real strong. It's going to entirely de- depend on how the standard environment shakes down. I'm very enthusiastic about this. This is my exact flavor of do nothing, but do nothing powerfully with decisions. So the first, the first planeswalker we have with kicker and then also like, you know, the, the first planeswalker we've seen where it has, well, maybe not the very first. I'm trying to think of another one that does this thing where it makes it harder for loyalty counters to come off of itself just by nature of having two bodies. Right. And being, being hard to attack in that sense. Yeah. I was, one of my comments on it was that like, I don't know how to attack one of these. Yeah, exactly. Well, hopefully it's like your opponent plays it and kicks it and then your opponent pluses or not on each one and hopefully that kind of indicates to you how important it is for them to have two or not right and then you can, that'll kind of inform your attacks on the following turn but yeah it does look like hard to kill right yeah like hopefully maybe you've got uh oh god what's the uh the burn spell from zendikar or those whereabouts where it's two and one? Oh, uh forked lightning yeah, for arc, arc trail, arc trail, arc trail. Yeah, that kind. Right. Of, yeah, one of those spells where you can just be like, kill the copy and ding Jace for sure. Right? Yeah, like, that would be ideal. Yeah, I mean the other thing is like if they did spend five mana on a planeswalker that only draws cards, maybe that'll just routinely be the signal to the other player like, oh, I I just need to not worry about Jace at all and just kill the opponent because that Jace is like not getting any extra bodies onto the board for free. Ever, right it's gonna mm-hmm. keep drawing it's gonna keep drawing cards and gonna draw good cards for the opponents so they always have stuff to do with their mana but it's not in and of itself going to make more bodies so depending on how much time they have left you might just ignore jace right right this isn't elspeth's son's son's champion or anything right yeah like and and i mean yeah kudos to wizards r&d for building this planeswalker that we managed to have like a five minute strategy discussion about without having ever played it or <laughs> seeing what kind of boards it's going to come down on like it's clearly clearly interesting i yeah no i i feel very strongly about this one occasionally i get i get my intuition pays off sometimes and i usually get talked out of it but not this time not this time no more jace friends prodigies i believe make your mark cameron i will thank you nelson we stand in solidarity with your decisions i appreciate that yeah absolutely the other planeswalker that they spoiled is nahiri Heir of the Ancients. So she's still Boros, two red-white for a four-loyalty Planeswalker. And a little bit more traditional, but still powerful. Plus one, create a 1-1 core warrior token. You may attach an equipment you control to it. Minus two, look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal a warrior or equipment card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And minus three, Nahiri, Heir of the Ancients, deals damage to target creature or planeswalker equal to twice the number of equipments you control. So I guess we can infer from this that equipment and core and warriors are going to be relevant in Zendikar Rising. Yeah, they, they kind of have been regularly before, too. Yeah. At, le- at least a part of the fabric, if not, like, always the top-tier deck. Yeah. And, I mean, so, I guess that's not nece- necessarily true. I was going to say with Jace that it's like, oh, we can assume then that Kicker is in the set. But 
you know, Teferi was in the core set and had phasing, and it's not like anything else in the set had phasing. And it could just be a fancy thing that Jace gets to do. Who knows? I assume that kickers in the set, that kind of makes sense. I think they're going for a grand return to Zendikar to sort of make up for Battle for Zendikar by bringing back a bunch of mechanics that everybody likes, and everybody likes Kicker. So I assume that there's equipment. It could just be, yeah, this is Nahiri. She doesn't really synergize in the set, but great for Commander. But I I have, I kind of assume that it's not that direction. I kind of assume there is a lot of core and warriors, because it is Zendikar Rising. It's meant to be the plane rebuilding, so I have to assume the core will show up a lot, and then if you have the core, equipment makes sense. So, I, you know, that's... My my guess is that this is actually indicative of of the mechanics in the set, but I guess it might not be. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that we're going to get like some kind of core uncommon that taps to make a trusty machete every turn. Whoa, I'm feeling that one. That sounds amazing. Yeah, or maybe there'll be some sort of like, you know, a sorcery that tutors your library for like up to three equipments and puts them in your hand, or like yeah, or maybe there'll be like equipments that do even less than trusty machete. It'll be like just. Just plus one toughness for every equipment you control, but it's real cheap or something. My assumption is there will be enough equipment that if you are in the, I'm assuming, Boros equipment deck, that there will be times when you cast Nahiri and are able to meaningfully use her minus three ability right away to, you know, ping their two toughness flyer or something. You know, maybe you've got two or three equipment kicking around and you actually get to do that. I like that her abilities, you can use all of them right away. The third one might not do anything if you don't have any equipment, but the second one helps you get the equipment. So, you know, I like, I, I think the, the cycle, it, assuming you have nothing, the cycle, I guess, is Planahiri minus two to get an equipment. Then next turn, you cast the equipment plus one Nahiri to make a core and warp the equipment onto it and then sort of just do that a bunch. Yeah, that's like the winning play, I think, you know. Yeah. Ideally, you can protect her with just the plus one if that's what you need to do and also advance your plan with like the plus one and the minus two. Like assuming there's, you know, at least a, a reasonable range of equipments that you have access to, looks like it'll be really strong. Like, you know, Ember Cleave will still be legal and standard. Oh, oh god no yeah yeah there's probably another equipment in standard i'm not sure what it is oh like the hammer no that's probably rotating yeah will ember cleave finally be good in standard with nahiri only time can tell maybe nahiri will get ember cleave banned there you go <laughs> it had to be something that, you know like ban ban cards until ember cleave is the best card in standard already seems close to the plan going on at like organized play so maybe it's just you know next month we get to focus on banning Embercleave because it's too good now. And the cycle begins anew. <laughs> you have a big cheer, uh, cheering section at the moment. Yes, there is a lot of yelling going on in my house. And there's not a lot I can do about it. I could go <laughs> I could go ask my toddler to stop yelling, but I have tried that before. No, I wasn't I wasn't suggesting yeah. that you do anything about it. I just yeah. wasn't sure how good your noise-canceling headphones were and wanted you to be aware of it. Oh. It's just the boys in the background going nuts for uh, banning em- Embercleave. That's right. Ban it! They're your hype, <laughs> yeah, hype I heard, squad. I heard I heard ban it very clearly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if, if this doesn't get cut out, I want everyone to know that for a brief second, I imagined this world Graham is talking about where I can't hear my children screaming inside my house if I just put my headphones on. And God, I want to live in that place. <laughs> 
Maybe that's what I'm asking for for Christmas. It's like instead of spending $150 on headphones, what if we spend $1,500 on headphones? Can we get somewhere I put them on and they like suction cup to my ears and like, I don't know, completely deafen me? Cheaper than paying for their college. Okay, where were we? Nahiri. I think at the minimum, she's going to be fine. Like this card to me kind of says like Thrun. Like the better the equipment are that are around, the better she'll be. And also like maybe she'll be great. And maybe she'll be kind of a relevant standard, right? Gotta wait and see. I, yeah, I think that the it's interesting how much I infer from just these two cards as to like what the whole set is going to be like. That it really does feel like they they being wizards want to. I guess I guess the the phrase would be make up for Battle for Zendikar, which I enjoyed. Is the thing like it? I yeah. know that it maybe did not meet the lofty expectations of we're finally going back to zendikar but you know i i honestly enjoyed the set i don't like what the eldrazi did to i guess it was modern that it ruined like i i i know that but i'm i'm talking about it from a perspective of you know the lore and draft and i thought it was fun i liked it yeah yeah i famously enjoyed other draft environments that people have hated but it seems to me that with Boros equipment and kicker being th- themes or mechanics that we can infer are in the set already that they're definitely going for a like, Hey, remember Zendikar? Yeah. Yeah. Like right. definitely trying to win the crowd back with some old favorites here. The big question will be whether or not landfall returns. And I think, I don't know. I, I think they gotta, I think they gotta, it would be like going to Ravnica and not getting the, uh, the shock lands back right Mm -hmm. yeah i mean like the idea of zendikar as this like world that keeps changing and is like prone to a lot of seismic activity and like huge storms and like it's hard to kind of keep track of where everything is is fairly succinctly represented by landfall but if they can just figure out another way to do that you know i think the reason we want landfall back is just so that we feel like we're on zendikar and zendikar our battle zendikar did have landfall cards they just weren't kind of as impressive as the first round of landfall cards like landfall was like a big part of all of the magic you played with the first zendikar set whether it was draft or standard or whatever like older eternal formats you know were using step links and stuff so you know if we get that feeling of like lands matter and like making your land drops is super important then that's okay it doesn't have to be with landfall if they can do it some other way. Yeah, like I, I just remember, like have fond memories of landfall in in original Zendikar, right? Where you would like play your or put down a teetering peaks and then like get landfall fall on uh, what was the centipede? Plated geopede. Plated geopede. Yeah, that was a good feeling. Ever it, that was that was that was drafting. That was that was drafting at full power right there. I think Landfall was definitely very powerful, and I think that perhaps in Battle for Zendikar they got a little gun-shy with making Landfall too powerful, and it didn't really make an impact, especially since there was so much other stuff going on in that set with the Eldrazi and Devoid and everything. And so, yeah, I I feel like if we're going back to Zendikar, we kind of have to have Landfall, because it's like, it's so, as you say, Nelson, it's so mechanically representative of the plane. I just, you know, I hope they make it make it nice and splashy again. Well, I liked I liked Battle for Zendikar and especially World Wake, or sorry, especially uh, Oath of the Gatewatch as sets. I liked all the Zendikar sets, so I'm eagerly looking forward to this this next set. And that's 
all we know about it for now. I don't know what else we have going on. Oh, Cam, you said you've been playing some of the, because uh, uh, Throne of Drain is back on the Magic Arena Quick Draft this week. You said you've been playing some of that. Oh, yeah, and I've just been getting stomped, right? <laughs> like, I put together a, a green-black food deck that I thought was really good, and that went, like, 2 and 40 over the course of six weeks, right? And then, like, I also, I've got this Mardu Knights deck that I also feel really good about, and then... You know, it just feels bad when you you keep a three lander, draw four lands, and your opponent mills all of your spells. And I don't know how to draft this format. Interesting. I really don't. It's an interesting format, but I feel completely lost in it. And that is novel to me, because I'm not the world's best drafter, but I feel like I display some competence. And Throne of Eldraine just leaves me in the woods. I mean, you know, if you're if we're if you'll pardon the not quite pun, but reference i guess that's interesting because i i've drafted it a couple times since it's been back as well and i've in in contrast to the last time it was around i have not encountered nearly as many of the mill decks as i have before in fact i'd actually don't think i think i've encountered one that was pretty mediocre i actually came across like the red blue draw two cards deck that was that was doing very well and for that deck to be thriving in an environment famous for mill they maybe they tweaked the bots even more to make the mill deck like not that easy to come together yeah no i mean uh, that feels correct to me i've to be fair i've only encountered the mill deck once and maybe i've encountered more than that and just like ran them over but you know when it works it works it's it's a limited environment with a functioning mill deck, and that's probably fine, right? Hmm. That's it's you know good for you when it comes together. I'm just saying, I want my knights to win. I wanted them to win so much. I have two Wintermoor commanders and a Stormfist Crusader and a Murderous Rider, right? Like, should be good. Yet here I am, here I am losing all my progress from Amonkhet, uh remastered. No. Just getting kicked down the ladder into gold. Well, you can't backslide out of platinum. Yeah. I've been but trying. You can backslide from gold one. Oh, no. Oh, I hate it. I, I mean, I'm excited to hear that Throne of Eldraine may have been tweaked and the experience on Arena is different. I had a tough time with that format, the, uh, the original go round. I ran into a lot of mill decks. And the other thing I found was just that I didn't love the way that you're pushed into one color in order to have three mana pips to spend on your spells. So I don't know. Yeah. Like I, maybe I should give it another chance. I think that's more of a me thing rather than necessarily a critique of the format. Yeah. Like it, it, it just feels mm, missing out on adamant feels bad. Yeah, exactly. That's the only way I can put it. Yeah. If I can pay adamant and you can't, I'm winning. And otherwise we're, you know, our draft decks might be equal. I have no segue from Throne of Eldraine to the last thing that we're going to talk about today, which is Commander Legends. We now have some more information on Commander Legends, the set where you draft a commander. And <laughs> it's it's pretty interesting. There's been a couple spoilers from it. And it sounds, I mean, yeah, it sounds pretty exciting. Basically, it's 20 card boosters and you draft, it's, at the end, you draft a 60 card commander deck and that seems unusual certainly but wizard's reasoning which makes perfect sense to me is like well when you draft you draft a 40 card deck but a normal constructed deck is 60 
So mm. if a normal commander deck is 100, then a drafted commander deck is 60. Why 60? Because most people already know sort of how a mana base functions at 60 rather than trying to invent a new it's like now it's a it's a 65 card it's a 70 card deck you know they and that makes a lot of sense it's like look people know what a 60 card deck is so it's the limited version of a commander deck of 100 yeah and uh, you know what that that totally works for me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i'm fine with it I will say, though, that if you're used to building constructed 1v1 mana bases, you should probably err on the side of playing more lands in this Commander Legends draft environment. I'm going to guess. We haven't seen all of it, but generally in multiplayer, it's like you want lots of lands. So can you give us a rundown, Nelson, of what we now know that we didn't before? Yeah, so that was one of the big things. We knew that they they were going to have 20 card packs or sorry, yeah, 20 card packs. We now know that there's going to be three of them in front of you before you build your draft deck. We know the deck size. We know some of the cards inside the packs. They're finishing the cycle of battle bond multiplayer duels, which people are kind of clamoring for. And those, those duels have been hugely popular, obviously, in Commander, maybe in some other formats too. But they're kind of a windmill slam because like, unlike a lot of cards that are good for commander these cards aren't really good for anything else so it's great that only commander players have to fight over them and their Mm -hmm. price doesn't have to be like driven up by demand from you know legacy or modern or whatever so they're called rejuvenating springs spectator seating training center undergrowth stadium and vault of champions and they read this enters the battlefield tapped unless you have two or more opponents tap for one or the other color and they don't have a land subtype they're just a land so you can't fetch them with your your verdant catacombs but they are in other respects a you know you know perfect duel it's like a replacement bayou or a replacement volcanic island when played from your hand in commander so that's that's great for commander players we also saw a few more cards prosh sky raider of care has been reprinted as well as a new take on baron sengir called sengir the dark baron four black black for a four four flying with partner so not partner with just just partner regular partner and whenever another creature dies put two plus one plus one counters on this and whenever another player loses the game you gain life equal to that player's life total as the turn began kind of a sort of complicated second triggered ability there to gain you life so not a bad obviously you know a little bit stronger i would say than the original baron Sengir, just for you know mana cost and power and toughness stats there and kind of a neat sort of life gainy big flyer is this brand new Baron Sengir art from Pete Ventners? No, it's it's not Pete Ventners. It's it's Bastion L. Deharm. Although, wait, sorry, there might be the Pete Ventners. Pete Ventures might have done the alternate. Oh, there is. Yes, the, the one in the pack. Yeah, the one in the pack. I think isn't the Pete Ventures art, but it's uh, some sort of bone like the collector's edition pack or something. Oh, that's Pete Ventures art. So that's that's fantastic. And also, yeah, that art is really cool. You can see the plus one, plus one counter is coming right up out of the skulls into Baron Sengir's hand. <laughs> I I also really enjoyed that people were like, hey, there's like a beast man skull in the back there. It's got horns. Who's that dude? What's that about? Like just that little bit of lore. Oh, I didn't I didn't see that. On Elgrotha, there's there's a weird non-human skull in the background and people want to know what that is all about. And it's probably just like a calf skull or something. I don't know. Awesome. But the possibility exists. So there's also another another new legendary creature um, that's kind of been the talk of the town this week. The Prismatic Piper, five generic for a 3-3 legendary creature shapeshifter with if this 
Prismatic Piper is your commander. Choose a color before the game begins. Prismatic Piper is the chosen color, and it has Partner. Beautiful new art from Sam McKinnon. So for Constructed Commander, this card is like kind of not a consideration, right? Like this is like, dra- it's like draft chaff for Commander, and it looks specifically like it is going to solve some problem for Constructed Commander players, but that's not it at all. It's only solving a problem for limited players, and it's kind of like a dual land for having a commander it shows up more often than other commons from the set it's in about one in six packs replacing a common rather than replacing a legend slot and if you need one at the end of the draft you will definitely be able to find one among the cards of the table according to uh gavin verhey's article here so maybe even like i don't know maybe people will be pretty fast and loose with whether if you drafted prismatic piper or not maybe you're allowed to just go get one you know, from someone else's draft stack or from your collection or whatever, and add it to your uh, to your draft. Stack. I don't know if that'll be the rule exactly or not, but because there's so many in the pack, certainly if you just want to use one of your last few picks to ensure that you'll be able to play the cards you want to play, you can just grab one of these prismatic pipers because there's gonna, they're going to be, you know, cheap like borscht in these commander legends drafts. Yeah, like I suppose there there was the hazard that you would wind up with an actually illegal deck right after drafting yeah yeah commander commander draft has this sort of like there's i think there's different people who have built different cubes that approach it differently but if you want to play limited commander it's like okay well what do you do about the commanders themselves like do you do you have to draft them do you get to pick one at the end or whatever or do you do a thing where like you draft the commanders after pack two but there's a bunch of commanders in the middle there's you know there's a bunch of different ways to do it in this format you're just going to have to draft the commanders you want and I have a question, actually. I'm not sure if it gets answered in here. Maybe someone could tell me whether or not you're allowed to play two of the Prismatic Piper as your commander. You are. Probably. You are? Okay, even though they have the same name. Yeah, on the on the, on the the article, it sounds like if you draft Halana, but don't find a blue one for your blue-green deck, don't worry. You can play the Piper alongside Halana to make it work. Miss your colors completely? Well, you can use two Prismatic Pipers as your commander. That was literally the next sentence I would have had to read. Thank you very much, Graham. No problem. But yeah, so... That's going to be something to keep in mind just in case you don't see any commanders that are worth taking over the other cards in the pack that you need for your deck. Yeah, I don't know. I think this this to me seems like an obviously elegant solution and something that they, you know, they need to address the problem of how does commander draft work. And so I think pr- printing Prismatic Piper is is great for that reason. Like, seems fine. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Like, it it is a draft card. Right. Mm. It, it feels a lot like the conspiracy enablers in conspiracy probably isn't going to make it into a, a vintage deck. But, you know, sometimes you need these mechanical concessions. Yeah. Or like the clue stones, you know, it's like these cards don't usually <laughs> good enough to attract any attention from constructive, but we need them to cast our spells in draft. And, you know, commander players, regular commander players are really hyped for the set and can't wait to see the spoiler. So when they see one that's like, well, that's disappointing. It's like, well, you know, there's going to be some of that. Try draft. You'll like it. But you wouldn't <laughs> like it as much if this prismatic Piper guy wasn't there because you'd finish drafting your deck and be like, darn, I can't play red as well in my blue yeah. green deck. You know, I have this cool blue green commander, but I really want to play fireball because that's basically all you ever want to do in draft. The one other thing they showed off was that in the Commander Legends collector boosters, which are still only 15 cards there's a a new well they say new it's a new foiling technique that reminds me a lot of an old foil technique honestly from like many years ago and i think they just call it it's a foil etched 
treatment where it's like the art is not foiled but the border is <gasps> wait I, I totally missed that yeah that's it's, this is really exciting it's like the old old border foils yeah yeah yeah. right the original foils from like odyssey mm-hmm. right yeah weren't the invocations what? a little bit like this too the amon amonkhet invocations kind of felt kind of did something like that this also makes them less prone to curl oh nice yeah okay and they that's will great. apparently oh they will pop up in regular draft so that's cool oh i yeah no that that's exciting i like the i, I enjoy the way those those look mm-hmm. they're very good i like them a lot okay or at least i i mean i like the way the original foils look i should say well there's some video that uh, gavin verhey put out of this new sort of edged foil treatment and it looks pretty sweet so I, I think you'll be happy with that you know what else i think you'll be happy with the shipping from cardkingdom.com nice graceful thank you <laughs> they sponsored this podcast so check out cardkingdom.com slash lrr for all of your card needs they're a good bunch of folks literally during this podcast i got an email from our contact at card kingdom letting us know that jumpstart was back in stock and then another email that it was sold out again <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, the emotional roller coaster. Because yeah. they had so many people in their restock list. But they should be getting more in soon. So it, it, it's not a limited run product. So but I just thought it was funny that during this recording session, it both returned and went away again. Tragic. Uh, but hey, they're going to get it out the door very quickly to all the people that were able to order. Hopefully some of you were among them. And this show and everything that we do is brought to you by you directly, no matter how you support us, but in particular at patreon.com slash loading ready run. And we thank you for doing that. So until next time, I've been Graham with Nelson. Right. If you gotta. And Cameron. Yo. And we will talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.